What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Pagan. Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. It's going to be a little bit of a wonky one today. We have no Craig, no producer Craig on the ones and twos. He's gallivanting around Punta Cana like he's, I don't know, like Pablo Escobar or something or uh, whatever. Let's get in here. Let's get uh, Kevin Kikade on and let's see if I can do this right off the bat. Bang. Look hey. at me. Craig yeah. fired this. Yeah, it's a little weird. Are we going to be able to do it without Craig? Are, are we going to be lost? Are we going to be flailing around here? Yeah, well, things. what's going to happen is we're just probably not going to have as much visual on the uh, YouTube show today. It's going to be more yeah. just audio and us talking. And you know what? I'm perfectly fine with that because Matt Strom has completely upended my life since about <laughs> 8 o'clock in the morning today. And yeah. I did not have that on my bingo card. For anyone yeah. that didn't see it, uh, Matt Strom came out. I think it was a Baseball Was Boring podcast. And he came out with the quote that if we're shortening games, then it makes more sense to end beer sales in the sixth inning than it is to end beer sales in the eighth inning. If the game is going to finish quicker, would we not move the beer sales back to the sixth? Strom says to give fans time to sober up. Good thought process. I don't think Matt Strom has like a, a, a mean bone in his body. He's not like some like, well, he could be like some like very anti-alcohol uh, kind of person. We don't know this. Maybe he's very anti-drug. Maybe he's very anti-alcohol. But he's also probably just like, hey, I'm just trying to use logic. I'm trying to use common sense. And it's perfectly fine. It's a great, it's it's, it's an okay argument. But I just did that whole Utley petition literally two days ago, <laughs> trying to get it extended to the eighth, trying to get it extended yeah. to the ninth. Within an, uh, an hour and 30 minutes, we've got 200, 250 signatures. Yeah. I'm dropping it off to security to get uh, to get it over to John Middleton. The security guy told me he would give it to John Middleton. Did he? I don't know. But the Phillies came out yesterday to the Inquirer. The Inquirer talked to a Philly spokesperson and said they don't plan on changing anything for the near future, moving it up to the eighth, moving it down to the sixth inning. Did the Inquirer um, Inqu picked up that shit based on you doing a video bit outside of the stadium? It got to, it got to the Phillies and then the Inky from there. I don't want to give it credit that I was the one who did it, but it did come out to uh, the quote came out two hours or the article came out two hours after the uh, after the video dropped. So and and you know the AP has been all over. Dan Gelston's been a godsend since uh since hot dogs he's been a godsend since beer yeah. bath you know i i thought he would be the one that would chase it down i'm sure he will chase it down but what is what is your thought process because i'm i'm just fighting with everybody on twitter right now and i'm, I'm kind of like losing my mind um and i'm not even a huge drinker that's the thing like i i yeah. I, I love a good getting bombed session out at a local fishtown dive bar in center city and i'm just as good as staying in and watching netflix on a saturday or a friday yeah. Um, I invited Tim on today. Tim. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, he's a contributor for uh, Crossing Broad. So let's oh, bring I didn't, I didn't know yeah. Timmy was coming on. We got Tim. There he is. Hey, rocking yeah. my Hulk wrestling. Oh, prep Jesus. Hulk wrestling shirt. Uh, <laughs> Tim, Tim's a St. Joe's prep uh, guy for anyone that doesn't know. Tim also yeah. contributes to the site. He's the one that's very well written. Um, so it, he usually gives. Uh, Kevin, a break from all my grammatical errors and all Van San Filippo's grammatical errors because he's a he's a pen graduate. He can actually write at a uh, at an adult level. Um, I never have to edit anything in Tim's stories. Like yeah. the average amount of edits is is like maybe one. 
one. I was going to give you credit, Kev. I was going to say I'm proud of a good editor. I'm a good writer. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's never because it's an error, too. It's just like a crossing broad specific like formatting thing. You know, it's not because there was a spelling error or something like that. So this is good. I, yeah, I didn't know Tim was coming on. It's a nice yeah. surprise. Welcome. I wanted to, I wanted the, uh, yeah. I wanted the smart folk to to weigh in on this a little bit. Yeah, to help us dumb, to help us dumb folk mm -hmm. out here on the mm -hmm. on the podcast. They, they didn't. So, <laughs> first of all, here's a funny thing. Like you're doing the you're doing the videos. You're down there. You got the oddly thing. It's hilarious and and whatever, right? And then you you get these guys like in the um in the Facebook comments or like on Twitter or something. Like this is the worst thing I've ever seen. You know, you're encouraging drunk driving and reckless behavior. Uh, this is irresponsible. You know, I'm like, well, first of all, okay, like crossing broad, we're doing a video here. I like, try to like keep this all in, per, per, you know, perspective and 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 whatever. But yes, the, the beyond that, the discussion is very interesting because um, my my problem is people trying to take this and turn it into some kind of linear argument because you're acting as though like every fan is going to get bombed and just get in their car. One hundred percent. That's not what happens. I mean, you do like like a plethora of different things coming out of the stadium you can you know get on your phone and get an uber back home you can walk to the broad street line and get back on the subway you can go to xfinity live and continue to get bombed you can sit in the parking lot at your car take a bunch of beers out of a car and continue to get bombed there you could get back into a car in which you came down with a bunch of people and you're not driving it Mm -hmm. So, so I, I don't, you know, I think, you know, it's like a slippery slope to opening it up to other things. It's like, if we're going to cut off beer sales in the sixth, then why not cut them off in the fifth? Or why not have, why not cut them off entirely? If the bar is going to close at one, why doesn't the bar close at midnight? You yeah, know, so and, what's this, what's the starting and stopping point? You know, that's, that's my. And the funny thing is, and Tim, we'll get to you in a second. Right now, average inning is 17 and a half. That's a full inning. 17 and a half minutes is the average inning. Is 20 yeah. minutes really going to separate you from being drunker than you really are? Um, I don't think the studies show that 20 minutes has really an effect on, uh, on, 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 on sobering up. But the thing with me is you can get a beer. You can get a drink at Pass and Stowe until the end of the game. If you have diamond level tickets, if you have sweet tickets, I don't know if you, Hall of Fame is, is is right, but if you have diamond and you have sweet tickets, you can get a beer and a drink up until the end of the inning. We've already talked about the casino being right there. You can go drink there. Xfinity Live, you can go drink there. You could sit in the parking lot for 45 minutes waiting for traffic to die down. You're grabbing a couple beers out of your cooler. Let's let's be honest here. Tim, what do you think about the whole thing You know about – them either doing sixth inning, them doing eighth inning, keeping it at the seventh. Where are you at on everybody's argument right now? Did you freeze a little bit? Did you hear me? Oh, no. Oh, no. The St. Joe's prep guys don't know how to use a computer, apparently. How do the St. Joe's prep guys not have any connection? Is he still in Mayfair? Do they have internet? Did they get Mayfair and in, uh, internet in Mayfair yet? I think he's in Fox Chase now. Oh, he's in Fox Chase now. Oh, it's still Northeast Philadelphia, right? So. I guess the Verizon Fios doesn't run as well out there as it does. You got to go under Roosevelt. Maybe they're, thro maybe they're throttling uh, him the same way they were throttling you uh, when you were quiet quitting in the cafeteria. You know? Exactly. Tim, do we got you back? Oh, no. He's like, no. He's, uh, he looks like he's in, then he's not there. All right. All right. Well, I'll tell him to come back on. I'll tell, tell him to get yeah, Just message him and tell him to, to come back on. Here's my thing, though. It's like, um, you you you're always policing. I don't like the thought that people who are responsible with their alcohol and know how to pace themselves um, 
and can just behave like responsible adults. I don't, I've, I've never liked the concept of having to make those people, um, not pay for it, not punish those people. You know, yeah, I don't think it's a punishment, punishment, but policing them in a way. Yeah, I don't, I don't like them to have to be to have them to be policed because some other degenerate mongrels can't, you know, can't handle themselves, right? You know what I'm saying? I, I don't like it having to come down on on them as we try Tim Part Two right here. Did you get the internet figured out? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's you know, I don't know. It's Fox Chase, man. It <laughs> Um, to answer your question, Kyle, before I get cut off again by my internet, um, I should probably pay the bills. I mean, that was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree with you guys. I mean, you either trust adults or you don't. Irresponsible people are, will find a way to do an irresponsible thing. Um, you know, I mean, how often have you guys seen people, you know, knocking down roadie sodies, you know, <laughs> before they hopped in their car after a game, uh, you know, how many people have you seen, you know, get drunk at uh, Xfinity Live after a game um, in a car and go? I mean, in the age of Uber, I mean, people have options, you know, to do the safe and responsible thing. You know, you either trust them to do that or don't. And I mean, you can only legislate your way around uh, irresponsibility so, so much. Like, we're not a nanny state, you know. Yeah. People like to, people think, you know, this is where we get into arguments about politics and things but you have to kind of realize there's oh you can only do so much you can only create so many parameters for people to do the right thing um ultimately it's up to them yeah i mean i I can go into any gas station i can go any grocery store and i could go buy cigs or i could ride a motorcycle without a helmet on then i could you know get in a car crash if i'm speeding or whatnot like i just i always take it back to like free will i have the free will to do everything i have the free will to stop in the sixth inning if i want to i have the free will not to drink if my kid's going to be in the car or i have i'm in charge of somebody else i have the free will like we've talked about to get an uber go public transportation or have a designated driver i mean I just I don't understand how people can't see this. They just want they want one thing and one thing only. The people who are who are like voting for match, like rooting for Matt Strom. I, I'm shocked there are as many people that are out there actually in favor of this. Now, did Dollar Dog Night and the sharing of dogs um, that people were doing on Tuesday? Did that help? It did not, in fact, help. But you know what? If the Phillies want to do college night, if the Phillies want to do Greek night and they want to do Dollar Dog Night on the same day, that's their cross to bear. Okay. I mean, that's communism, right? People were sharing hot dogs, you know? Yeah. 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 Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how about you get your lines in order, Aramark? How about you get your lines in order, Citizens Bank Park, and then people won't have to share. A bunch of Robin Hoods running around the concourse on, on at CBP on Tuesday, if you ask me. I just, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, man. I, I Maybe it's because I just spent the whole time getting signatures, you know? Maybe because <laughs> I was trying to do some grassroots, boots-on-the-ground kind of effort. I didn't waste any government resources this time. Shout out to me. Didn't waste yeah. any taxpayer dollars. I thought I was doing good for people, and I thought people really enjoyed it. Now, did the multiple, did majority of people not sign the petition? Of course. Did they think I was absolutely nuts? Of course. But I was shouting at them. I was like, I was no better than ACLU or UNICEF or anyone else you're running to on the street with those pink little uh, refractor bibs, and you're just like, I'm on the phone. You fake like you're on the phone. That's a, it's a that's when I pull all the time. But I just I, I don't understand how people just can't see that adults make adults decision. We put our one foot in front of each other every single day. And if you're going to drink and drive, whether they cut it off in the sixth or whether they cut it off in the eighth, you're going to drink and drive. I it, sounds had- like a, it sounds like a great argument for maybe like a downtown arena where you kind of people rely on public transit to get to and from. Wow. Yeah. 
That's a good point. Wait, I had two good. I had two points here. I lost them, and then they came back to me, so I had to write them down on an old copy of the Inquirer. Um, the number one problem I have is when people don't aren't willing to have this discussion or even think yes. it through, and they just and the automatic knee jerk response is like, "Yes, let's encourage more drunk driving." That 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 just amounts to virtue signaling. That's all that is, because it's making it seem like drunk driving bad. You're encouraging this. No, it's it's not linear like that. Like, let's talk about it and think about what what this actually looks like. To that point, how many people? How many people do you think go to a Phillies game or go to the ballpark by themselves? Like how many not, cars are how many cars do you think are driven? Not many. South Philly and parked in the parking lot, and one person gets out of the car and goes to the game. Like there are groups of fans who come down. Like, are you going to go to a sporting event by yourself? When's the last time anybody went to a sporting event by themselves? Right? Like it's I, a it's a it's a kid with it's a dad with kids, or it's like you go down with your friends, or I mean, look at all the like huge groups in the park. It's a social park. experiment. It's yeah. a social event. So how many, how often do you think some dude is shit faced out of his mind and stumbling back to the parking lot, pulling out his keys and getting his, like, honestly, how often do you think that happens? I think actually Phillies fans would police that. I really do. I, I really do. If they saw that they would, they would beat the shit out of that guy or they would grab his keys or they would call an Uber for him or like the friends would, the group of friends that you came up with take it from you, you know? So I don't, it just doesn't seem like something that would necessarily be that big of a thing if it happened but i don't i mean i don't have any data but there is no data if there was a if there was a dui problem after phillies games or there was like an alcohol problem after phillies games you don't think the inquirer or billy penn or somebody would pick that up and write about that i mean they're chomping at the bit to write about anything anything to criticize you know the stadium if if the sixers had a drinking problem do you not think the inquirer would would pick that up. The only drinking problem we have are people who actually own car dealerships at Sing- at Sixers games. Yeah, and falling asleep. I mean, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, they fall asleep in the eighth inning now as opposed to the ninth inning. You know, it's like dodge snoozing on the side of the thing. The one aspect we're not we're not really the people to harp uh, to opine on this, but the legal aspect of all this, like, is there a fear about litigation, opening yourself up to the John Morgans of the world? You know, if you extend beer sales, you know. It's true. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know. And that's got to obviously factor into the determinations, I'm sure, from, like, you know, Philly's management. Um, I mean, I think that's ridiculous ambulance chasing, you know. But uh, the, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't blame the Phillies if they were coming out and, you know, they'll write some language that they'll get some language. You know, they have lawyers out the ass. No one's, you know, probably going to be able to sue them for them. Um, extending uh, last call to the eighth inning. They'll, they'll get out of there, I think, anyway, scot-free. I mean, you, you have so many lawyers on retainers and whatnot. But no, I don't I don't blame the Phillies for if they were to be like, you know, trying to save their ass. Why wouldn't they? I mean, it's the same way they try to save their ass, you know, before the pitch clock, you know. And that's why they – and it was never a, a rule. It was a league-mandated rule that kind of people just – followed hey listen the rangers are doing the seventh inning okay the phillies will do the seventh inning i didn't know until recently the Orioles have been doing the eighth inning for longer than the pitch clock was even invented they did the eighth inning or three and a half hours after the first yeah. pitch yeah and the only duis i've ever seen was our boy sydney ponson back in the day he had two within like six months well maybe matt strom is just straight edge you know maybe he is like the long hair guys are kind of deceiving because you think they're like uh, you know he looks like i got a- 
Looks like he's from a thrash metal band back in the day. Looks like he's a the member of uh, Municipal Waste. Dude, right. I gotta be honest. He can do whatever he wants if he keeps going five and six scoreless. You know, that is yeah. true. <laughs> he can say whatever <laughs> he wants. I don't care. I know. You know well, I'll be. I'll, I'll go down there and protest alcohol sales in their entirety if this guy keeps spinning gems, man. Yeah. No, he's he's well. I mean, actually, yeah. If Matt Strong has he been keep, the best pitcher, has he been the best Phillies starter? Yeah, he's ace. <laughs> That's why that's why the Phillies, the Phillies got the pressure from the Utley petition and they send their ace to go big, on the This is why it's a big deal because if, if it was yeah. uh Sean Rodriguez coming out and lecturing the fans on something, I don't think anybody would would uh you know remember that whole saga. I got a lot of content out of that one, you know. But yeah, maybe Matt Str- I don't know, Matt Strom, like you look at him, he's like he's got the long hair, maybe he's a wild kind of guy. He could be like a, just a surfer type of chill dude. Maybe he goes like this and he's got the X's on his hands, maybe he's straight edge. I don't know. I don't, He's high on life. He's one of those people. It's an interesting cat. Where's Matt Strom from? Anyway, uh, I'm gonna say below the Mason Dixon line. If I really you don't have, have a to, producer uh, to look, uh, no, look it up. Oh, he's from West Fargo, North Dakota. Huh? Oh my! Oh, so he's a fucking Carson Wentz fan. So fuck this guy, man. Nah, you don't. Well, you don't know that. I mean, I, well, plus uh, uh, Carson's college was in Bismarck, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was Florida North Dakota. I mean, who do you who do you root for? You root for North Dakota or North Dakota State? I feel like in uh, yeah, but I think State is in uh, Bismarck, and I think the regular the regular one is in uh, Fargo, right? So I don't know. I don't know if they had do they have hippie types in the Dakotas? I'm not really sure, but uh, I don't know what like, their Jackson Hole would be. There's not much to do in Dakota, so I don't think uh, I'd be shocked if uh, yeah. If Matt Strom wasn't into some extracurriculars, then um, on your bucket list is North Dakota on your your list of places you want to you want to travel to. If I never step foot in North Dakota, I'll be a happy man when I yeah. finally pass. Even South Dakota, I don't need to go see some granite, uh, some heads. I can just watch, I can Google image that. <laughs> Mount Rushmore, yeah, yeah. I had a I had a boss who worked once worked in Rapid City which uh, was like television market 170 something or whatever would have been an exotic uh, locale to, to start at, you know, maybe in a, maybe in another lifetime, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. I'm done with the beer. Should we get it back to the Eagles? Do you want to get it back to the, Oh, we're talking Texas running backs or. Yeah. Talk about, yeah. Yeah. Again, right. Yeah. yeah. Here, let, let, should, should the Eagles draft the first running back in the first round since 1986? 610-632. Kevin from Lansdale, you're on the line. Well, it was just funny to me because, you know, I'm like flipping back and forth between WIP and the Fanatic on uh, like Monday and Tuesday. And every time I turn on WIP, they're talking about Bijan Robinson. I'm like, what the fuck? This, it just seemed extra even for them, you know? And so they're I'm pushing like, it? Yeah, and you know it's funny because like uh, I don't really know if you remember like two years ago they did this big branded like week long discussion where it's like I think it was called a uh, ninety four ninety four WIP picks the QB, and they all had to decide whether they would stick with Jalen Hurts or trade for Deshaun Watson or trade for Aaron Rodgers or, or whatever, right? And um, it was just made me laugh because they turned like their daily topic of discuss. They would have been talking about that regardless, but they made a big special brand out of it, and they did the same thing. This time, where the hosts all got to come out and pick, do you draft B. John Robinson? Do you not draft? I mean, whatever. It's still an interesting topic, right? Because yeah. the, like you said, Kyle, they haven't drafted a first round running back since 1986. So all these people who say, like, well, it's a Howie Roseman philosophy thing, it's, it goes well beyond that. It wasn't just a Howie philosophy. You know, it was Andy Reid and you know Joe Banner and all these guys. They just didn't value, uh, you know, the running first round running back, and they always went. Um, 
you know, found running backs elsewhere. Right. So um, I, I think the most simple explanation in, in my mind, because I wrote the story yesterday saying under no circumstances should the Eagles draft B. John Robinson. It's just the fact that it's still a passing league. And, you know, you, the running backs, running backs just aren't paid. They're not highly valued. Um, it's very much a plug and play position. And, yeah. and look at what they did last year with Miles Sanders. You know, 1,274 yards behind that offensive line. And the Chiefs won it all, uh, getting five yards per carry from a seventh-round rookie out of Rutgers in the Super Bowl, right? So the argument has always been like, you, you know, you're just not getting the best value by drafting a high running back because you can find what you need in the third round or the fourth round or on the free agent market. And and so if you, if you look at it that way, um, it just doesn't, you know, you're just not getting the most out of that draft pick is what I think most people uh, most was the main reason for people who are anti uh, doing that. You know? Yeah. yeah. Can, can anybody like actually tell you is B. John Robinson head and shoulders above say like Jameer Gibbs, Georgia tech, Alabama running back. Um, I mean, why is this guy the guy to be, to break the mold? I don't understand. Uh, I just don't understand why people are so fascinated by this running back, uh, uh, especially like I, given the way the offense runs, like what the way the, the Eagles' offense runs. I mean, they their running backs are always you know spare parts type guys like Boston Scott, and, uh, mm-hmm. a kid from Notre Dame uh, years ago. A guy can't blanket on his name. Um, Jamal Adams. But yeah, yeah, Jamal Adams. Like. You know, they, they, it's a plug-in, like you said, Kevin, it's a plug-and-play position, and the Eagles haven't demonstrated that they value it to the extent they're going to invest a first-round pick in anybody. They, um, they won mean, a Super Bowl. Yeah, they won a Super Bowl yeah. with Corey Clement, LeGarrette Blunt, yeah. and that London running back, I forget his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who ran straight up. <laughs> Who ran was good, straight. Man. Was that was awesome, man, but he could not uh, bend his knees. His knees were toast. No. Yeah, but uh, like <laughs> – this is the way they build teams. They're going to build inside out and they're going to build, you know, they're going to probably draft a low lineman or a D lineman, or what I think they'll do is they'll trade that pick and get more assets. I mean, especially if they're going to have to pay uh, Hertz, they're going to have holes in their roster, um, you know, after this year, after next year, that they're going to need to fill with cheap talent. And I think the best use of that pick is probably going to be to trade it to a team Hopefully, one of these quarterback prospects drops, and uh, that tenth that tenth pick has some value, and then it can, you know, yeah, I, get more assets out of it. I see it as people are like, okay, we're such a complete team right now, or they think we're such a complete team right now that they see one thing that we need, and one thing that we need is a running back, and you could argue a linebacker, but those aren't, you know, uh, aren't a high commodity, just like a running back isn't for the Eagles. But I think people are like, Bijan Robinson is the missing piece, the missing link in a way. But I, you just you can't tell me that three guys production next year can't equal B. John Robinson's one production because the guy's probably going to have to split carries. He's going to be a rookie, so it's going to take some some use to getting into the NFL a little bit. Um, you know, look at Nicole Dean last year. Look at even Jordan Davis this year. I know he did injuries and stuff. It took a little bit for him to to get into it, and he was, uh, he was a top 10 pick. I just – that's what I think people just see. They see more of a complete team, and I think I'm looking more down the road. I'm looking more for, you know, I think we still need to play – replace uh javon hargrave or we need to look at you know what's jason kelsey's situation what's lane johnson's situation what's uh you know is jordan mylata still going to be able to hold up like i think i i think they've always gotten through they've always done it through the lines and i think you know if it ain't broke don't really fix it 
here's the question, right? Um, uh, I'm not rhetorical. I'm asking you, um, who did the Eagles lose on offense? I would say Amalo. Miles Amalo. Sanders. I would say Amalo, Miles Sanders. Um, that's, that's it. Eighty percent of the offensive line is coming back. AJ Brown's coming back. Jalen Hurts is coming back. Devontae Smith is coming back. Right. So for the most part, you have in place what you had last year. Sands, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard's coming back. Right. So what what does Zach Pascal? Zach Pascal, right? <laughs> well, not a starter, right? Great blocker. Should they update yeah. Wes Watkins? You know what I mean? So. Um, so the question is really like if, if we're looking at that and say that the Eagles offense is probably going to be elite again, um, what 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 does what does adding Bijan Robinson move you to? Does it move you from elite to like really elite? <laughs> or, and how much of a how much really is that? Right. Kev, is I, that like the, I like this question. Does it get you three more points in the Super Bowl? Adding Bijan well, Robinson. I love that question. I will touch on that. I will t- I will get there. It's good, but, but the point really being is like, is this addition a significant one or a negligible one, right? Does going from elite to really elite change the way that going from like good to great is, right? I mean, look at what the offense was when they added A.J. Brown, right? Whereas Devontae Smith was the f- number one receiver the year before, right? I, I just don't think that you're adding – I mean, the guy's a beast and he's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if adding him like I don't I don't know if you need to go from elite to very elite because I don't know what that does for anybody. Just does that because they were already top five, top three offensively across the board in like most statistical categories. So do you do the Eagles need to go from top five to top four? Do they need to go from top three to top two? Like, is that what gets you to, to over the hump? I don't I don't know. I just I think it's negligible. And when you look at you know, what they were able to do with my, they were able to take Miles Sanders and turn him into a thousand yard rusher last year. Right. And I think a lot of people would say, look, look, Miles was good. Right. But, yeah. but I don't, I think most people running behind that offensive line would have ran for a thousand yards too. Mm-hmm. I think most of us would probably agree on that. I think everybody in the chat would agree on that at the same time. And um, the, the, the thing that people I think forget is that, Jalen Hurts is going to get a shit ton of running carries as well, right? There's going to be RPOs. There's going to be zone reads. There's going to be double cheek push. There's going to be red zone stuff. You know, Jalen Hurts had like 40-something carries in the red zone, um, which I think was fifth in the NFL. So, uh, you, you know, this is not like going to be like Ryan Tannehill handing off to Derrick Henry, right? I mean, so is it redundant when you have a quarterback who's going to do a lot of running already based on the RPO zone read stuff that they do in the offense? Like, do you really add a guy like Bijan Robinson who, who warrants 25 to 30 touches a game? You know, I just don't know if they, I don't know if they, he's the most useful. I don't know. I guess you can hear what I'm trying to say. Here's a, here's a counter argument just for, just to play devil's advocate. Sure. So you, we, you probably don't want Hertz to, maybe carry the load he carried last year, right, as he gets further into his career. So what's the harm in maybe making that investment in uh, a guy who's going to be a bell cow type running back to take a little bit of pressure off of him and also to be maybe a little bit better at controlling the clock, you know, as games wind down. You know, the best way to stop an offense like Kansas City is to keep them on the sidelines, so maybe if you're better, more efficient at running the football or, you know, you, you go take that next step from five to top five to like the best, maybe, um, maybe you're able to uh, win a game like that. 
No, just to, just for the sake of argument. No, that's fine. And I, you know, I put this point in the story that I did yesterday. Like the one argument that I'd be willing to concede is what Kyle was talking about. Maybe Bijan Robinson does make them three points better in the Super Bowl. And maybe the strategy is like, fuck it, we're just gonna try to outscore every other team, you know? Because they brought a really, really good defense into the Super Bowl and they got cooked. And they brought a really good defense into the last Super Bowl and that defense got cooked too. So maybe it's just like Hey, you know, we feel like if we have to go up against the Chiefs again, or like the Bills or the Bengals or something like that, maybe we're uh, resigning ourselves to the fact that it's going to be a um, just a, a shootout, right? You know, so maybe they do put place value in going from elite to really elite, and maybe that's not negligible. So maybe I'm wrong, and maybe that thought's right. But I just don't, um, I don't. I look at all these other great teams and they don't have Josh Jacobs. They don't have Derrick Henry. They don't have Nick Chubb. They, they didn't play on playoff teams. Mm-hmm. We had Miles Sanders and Isaiah Pacheco out there. Yeah. Right. Who was the best running back on a good playoff team last year? Joe Mixon. God, I can't even yeah, think yeah. of my head. I would say Mixon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, sure. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just sure the formula has just shown in recent years, like the best teams in the NFL um, you know, put their money on the offensive side of the ball into other positions, and that's just just kind of what it is. So, I don't know. It's not an anti Bijan Robinson take because I like him. I mean, how can you not like him? The dude's the complete freaking package. I mean, he ran for like 200 yards in in a couple games, and he can catch passes out of the backfield. He's he's and he like he finishes these runs with authority, man. But doesn't it just feel though like a little bit like deja vu all over again with you know Ricky Williams? <laughs> some years ago, someone called love. Yeah, are we going to go down? We, and Ricky was going to get a uh, drafted in that draft. I mean, uh, Edger Ed James went before he did. I think a pick before. Um, so, I mean, I, I obviously it's two different things, but it's just funny how uh, history sort of it doesn't always rhyme, but it definitely echoes, right? No, well, if Angelo hadn't retired, would they be beating yeah. the friggin' drum for this? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Sorry, they'd, is yeah, they're going to bust down to, to where Kansas City this year. They're going to get a bust, and they're going right. to boo Jalen Carter. But that's a, but here I'll argue to yeah. your argument was yeah. would Jalen Carter would he have made a difference in the in the uh, in the Super Bowl? Would a, a an elite quarter like Witherspoon or Gonzalez make a difference in in the Super Bowl? Uh, like we we don't know. Would an elite linebacker mm-hmm. like Dakota Bean last year if he would have played? You know what would make a difference in the Super Bowl? Um, not playing on a slip and slide. There you go. I love how we can always tie the sod father. I mean, let's see. So they're going to play another Super Bowl in a desert environment this year. Do you really trust the NFL to get it right? I mean, their entire focus is on making the field look pretty for television. Um, yeah. They ruined the product. It was a disgrace. And I'm going to take my my minute here of uh, my 15 minutes on this show to say what a disgrace that was. Disgrace. Somebody should have been fired. Instead, they're going to give the commissioner, uh, they're going to extend his term and give him a raise. I mean, what a disgrace. disgrace. Yeah, they would have fired somebody, but he retired before he could be fired. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, I'm, uh, I'm well, not fired. I think, I I think the sod father and looking, I think he kind of got a bad rap and looking at how that played out a bit. He said they put too much of that, um, what was it? Not crabgrass, but uh, it was too much of that other grass. Tahoma 31. Yeah, Tahoma so thirty one. Father do his job because they wanted to, they wanted the grass to look pretty for. Uh, they the didn't game. put enough sand on the on the on the grass. They didn't. They watered it too much. Rihanna's halftime performance 
padded it down too much. Yeah. But then again, we don't know any of these conversations that happened. And this could just be the Sodfather throwing somebody under the bus on the way out, which I think the, is the probably more. Sodfather is like Kaiser Susing, man. You never really, you never really know, right? He's playing it like he's innocent, and then he walks out of the jail. Kaiser. <laughs> and then the he's like ninety six years old. He's going to be dead in a couple years. They're never going to get the book. He's never going to write a tell all. Yeah, he'll, he's going to be dead with another Super Bowl ring. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, he's yeah Kaiser Sose. He's like humbling around at ninety whatever years old. No, well, he's walking fine now. So I can't wait till the picture of the sod father with the new Chiefs ring comes out. It's going to be amazing. If the, if the Eagles figure. didn't win a Super Bowl five years ago, I mean, <laughs> this place would have burned to the ground. The Sodfather has ties to Wilkes-Barre. His family would have to move out. <laughs> you think it goes that far up? Oh, <laughs> oh, I think I think there is some crazed lunatic Eagles fan who makes the trek up to Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, sees a nice Yankees-Wilkes-Barre game, and then goes and gets the Sodfather's family and ties them up and yeah. forces the NFL to make a statement before uh, before he does anything more. Come on. Pretty bad, man. Pretty bad. But that's the, I mean, those are good questions, man. Those are like realistic questions. They're rhetorical questions, really, because we can't answer them. Like, would a Jalen Carter have made the difference? I don't know. But I just, again, I just look at like what, what the running back position means. And the Eagles have been like pretty consistently successful over the years without a stud uh, running back, you know? So I, I don't, yeah. You know, even then, even then in the Super Bowl that they won, man, it's because Nick Foles was throwing dimes, man. It wasn't because, you know, Jay Ajayi had a fucking burner, you know? Yeah, we, I mean, we talked about it. <laughs> Jim Schwartz gave him 500 yards. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, but that's maybe that's it. Maybe they look back at it and say, hey, you know, we brought this, like, amazing defense into uh, the Super Bowl, and they still got shredded. So maybe we're going to say, fuck the defense. Let's just go for it offensively. Let's draft Bijan Robinson and put together, try to put together the best offense that anybody's ever seen. And Sean Desai could play cover two until his face turns blue and South Philly explodes from calling WIP to complain. And, you know, but maybe it gets him back to the promised land. I don't know. I will concede that point. I'll concede that point. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I still, I still would take the bet. If it was me, if Jalen Carter's there at 10, I would take him. I would take the best line prospect on either side. I just think that's what the the Eagles do well. Yeah, Kev, like this draft is shaping up. There are a lot of QB needy teams. I got to imagine a prospect like that's going to be at, in your hands at 10, somebody who can contribute and fit within yeah. kind of their philo- their drafting philosophy of, you know, building inside out. Um, yeah, or, or Tim, or if one of the, if, you know, like Carter and the position players end up going in the top six eight or whatever and one of the four quarterbacks gets pushed down the board to like a 10 i would trade back out of that easily for a team that wanted to come up and grab like a levis or richardson or whoever hypothetically would drop down there i mean i wouldn't put it past how i I, knowing what we know about howie they're either going to trade back from 10 or up from 30 or vice versa Mm -hmm. you know maybe Mm -hmm. if if they trade up if they do trade up from like 10 to 8 They'll probably back out of thirty to pick up extra picks. It's it's gonna go if one draft pick goes this way, the other one will go that way, and, and vice versa. I just don't I don't think they're gonna be drafting at both ten and thirty. That's just you know what what my gut tells me based on you know X amount of years watching Howie now. You guys, you you boys uh, trying the Eagles tears? Actually, I just read the uh, from the Reddit page where this came from. This is a Chiefs um, milk company. 
Chateau Milk, I believe it's called in like Bumblefuck, Missouri. But uh, it's cheesecake flavored. And the guy says it reminds me a lot of those milkshake flavor milks I used to drink back in the early 2000s elementary school. Super niche comparison. But hey, someone be hyped up by that knowledge. I think I'd actually try. I think I'd actually try this now that I know what it, now what I know what it tastes like. Like what? What do you think? If Eagle Tears could actually be bottled, what do you think they taste like? Like watered down Bud Light or Freedom? What do you guys think? If you could, yeah, it would, like, <laughs> would taste like Freedom. When's the, let me ask you a serious question. When's the last time you bought flavored milk? Like it's been a like, while, Kev. Yeah. Kev, uh, I haven't bought two percent in probably since I was. A senior because my parents were doing the shopping, but a senior in high school, like we're we're big we're big oat milk and almond milk. I mean, maybe I've just started dating the wrong women, but uh, I, I turned in once I got a girlfriend. It was an almond milk, and then my new girlfriend is oat milk. Mm. So you just you just assume the diet of whatever woman you're currently dating. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of Terry, a lot a lot a lot of TikTok recipes. Yeah, and uh, some other I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. I, I, but I won't pour a glass of almond milk or oat milk. Yeah, chocolate milk, right? Of course. But like, seriously, when's the last time an adult bought chocolate milk, like for themselves? When, when when's the last time you went to a store? Yeah, I actually, like, oh, I, 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 sometimes milk. when you're hungover, you buy chocolate milk when you're hungover. Nice, nice, quick chocolate milk. I mean, there's more things. There's a water. There's a chocolate milk. There's an orange juice. There's an apple juice. Like, I, I, I like to, you know combine different flavors when i'm hung over because you just need to be hydrated in different ways do these people think that i hung this wall art i didn't i had nothing to do with this wall art I no know it's a running it. joke it's a running joke with pagan because if you look behind his head there's a picture yeah. that's just sitting there like leaning no. against the wall and they want no. to hang it up on the, on the wall <laughs> the people hate it the that's, people that's absolutely crazy. hate it and what people don't understand about me is if you tell me you hate something i will continue to do it i am an asshole right. at heart yeah, yeah. i i agree with that yeah, Definitely. but my wife, my wife does that to me. She tries the reverse psychology thing because, like, she knows that if she asks me to do something, I'll do the. It'll make me not want to do it, right? So she'll say she wants me to cut my hair. She'll be like, "I, yes. I love your long hair. It looks so mm-hmm. good." You know? Oh, really? Because if yeah. my girlfriend tells me I should get a haircut, I don't get a haircut for another week at least. Yeah, it's it's like the opposite thing, you know, because she's like. She knows I'm not going to do what she t- tells me to do, so she just tells me to do the opposite. And I don't know. It's just kind of a psychological warfare. That's what I was about to say. All relationships are built on some form of psychological warfare. Yeah, right? wife, wife warfare. Don't don't take out the trash and you're high-stepping it over to the container, Kev? <laughs> well, it's not like as obvious as that. It's, it's yeah, more don't like – Don't do the dishes and you're getting the, glo- you're getting the latex gloves on, ready yeah. to go to town? Yeah, well, it should be like, you know, I don't know about that particular, like, you know, shirt or something like that. I, I don't, you know, and then it's like, and then I'm like thinking, I'm like, wait, does that mean she does like it or doesn't like it? Dude, that's one thing that grinds my gears. When you yeah. say you don't like a shirt, I'm going to continue to wear that shirt. Women do not understand mm-hmm. just like around the house, work out, cut the grass, mm-hmm. just do normal things shirts. It it baffles their minds. That yeah, yeah, yeah. She Sarah's always like, "Why do you always wear these like shitty, just plain white t shirts and stuff?" Like, well, because I don't want to, I don't want to mess up a good shirt, you know. One thousand percent. And then you, and then you have a good shirt. You yeah. throw it in the washer. Yeah. Sometimes you dry it, and then it gets, it, and then it, it's never the same. It gets shorter. 
It doesn't feel as good on you and everything. But yeah. if you're wearing, if you're rocking a nice little sublime white shirt, you're just taking that thing off, throwing it in the wash, throwing it in the dryer, and then you're putting it on in another couple of days. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this isn't even white either. I don't know what color it is. It's like a gray. It's like a blue gray. I don't um, know. What's blue? Gray? What's blue gray? Is that like? Uh, here, let me Google it. What is? I think it's blue gray. Blue and gray. <laughs> uh, Tim, what do what? you? Oh, all right. What do you think about Bryce Harper playing first? Oh, I love it, man. Optionality is always great. Uh, I mean, Reese Hoskins attempted to play first base. <laughs> he stunk. <laughs> How much can he be worse than Reese Hoskins at first base? And you know what? Um, I'm on video, I also want to say Reese Hoskins was bad last year. B-A-D bad. Uh-oh. Uh, I mean, he bookended his October. He had five hits beginning from the, from the end of that regular season. The end of the playoffs, um, he had some home runs in between. I'm not going to knock it, but um, I just don't think he's consistent enough to resign. I thought they should have traded him in the offseason for pitching help. And um, uh, But that said, I, it was awful to see him blow his knee up. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm going to kill the guy for a minute, but hey, man. Because, you know, but that look, guy's- man he, he deserves to get paid. Just I don't want it to be here. You know. How about Aaron Nola? Do you feel the same sentiment for him? Oh yeah, he can go as well. Yeah, I'm, is Aaron Nola two or is he yeah. three? I think we got we got his best years. Same with Reese. I think we got his best years. Let the Oakland day. Well, the Oakland's not going to pay him. Um, <laughs> let the Cubs or the Padres pay everybody. Let one of those teams pick him up and good riddance uh, to both of them. I mean, I'm so tired of Nola. God bless Ant for you know. Uh, I mean, he's been on the he's been on the Nola train, and he's not getting off. He's going to ride it right over the the mountain so, uh, and crash. So even though it. even though Aaron Nola let uh, Guriel come back o two to get to three two, and they get a single off of him, and then obviously that that ump missed the Juan Segura yeah, that, strike. What, what, you, what happened yeah. in the Slack chat? There was all this focus on the missed call. I mean, aces pitch through adversity. That's what they do. You're not going to get yeah. every call. Umpires are going to make mistakes. The dude was getting hit around like the whole game. And the third inning um, could have been a disaster. He got lucky uh, to get out of that one. It's just a matter of time before they punch through. It just, I, you know, I don't know if he's having a hard time with the pitch clock. It's messing him up or uh, or what, but he just doesn't look that good. He doesn't look good. I mean, the Yankees game he looked okay, actually. But uh, I don't know, just generally, even in the spring, I, Something doesn't seem right with him. I don't know. This I man. do. I do like, by the way, because Tim is a very like erudite writer, very thoughtful and measured, what? and not not very not can, very. Can you like, tell us what erudite means for the people who are too stupid right. to know what erudite? What does it, means, it, it mean? Means, it means wise. It means like sage. Yeah. Thank it's you. Like learned, learned. Is it learned or learned? Mm-hmm. But, but, but like, so Tim will be very like even keeled or whatever, but then like a player that he doesn't like fucks up again and he'll be on Slack just like really oh, yeah. dude. Sure, like what this motherfucker that? did it again. <laughs> it's just like this different, like this different, like dude, dude comes out of like the, the woodwork or something, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, anyway, but I, Bryce Harper, first base, uh, love it. I think it's great. Um, sooner he gets on the field, I mean, it gives them some flexibility with the DH position. I just wanted to answer your question before I, uh, Thank you. <laughs> it also gives him some pop in the lineup, which I guess, I mean, that, that has just gone away. I mean, we had 15 runs in in, uh, in a game earlier this week, and then what? They they get two yesterday. Yeah, JT's really been awful. 
JT's again another slow April for him. Uh, just I don't know what's going on with him. He needs See, to. See, I, I can't. I can't get on JT because I feel like this is the same conversations we had up until about June, probably July, August yeah. last year, yeah. and then in the playoffs he went on an absolute tear. Well, except for the World Series, like everybody on the Phillies did not. They don't make the playoffs without him. Yeah, he no he really picked him up when Harper went down. He was, and and, and you know Hoskins too. I, I won't. I got to be fair. Those guys did pick it up when. Uh, when Bryce went down, I just don't think Hoskins picked it up as much as JT did. <laughs> you think we? You think the the bat spikes clown our minds a little bit? You think we're just we're just yeah. thinking about the bat spike and that's and that's where our 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 Reese well, Hoskins memories. Reese die. Reese is great with those moments, but you know what? Like uh, when he had that bat spike, what led up to that man? That Bryson Stott AB is what Tucker that, that pitcher. Um, I can't even blank on his name. That's what happens when you're on camera. Uh, Strider, the Braves. You know he's coming back yeah. from uh, sickness or injury, right? He he was definitely not hundred uh, percent in terms of his uh, terms of his uh, stamina, right? Stott battles him and that at bat. He was tired. They got he got tuckered out, and he threw with I think his slowest fastball he's thrown as a pro, right down the middle. It was a meatball. I mean, I, I would have missed it. I'm not a great hitter, but I mean, people. I think Bob could have hit that out. <laughs> yeah, I do. Bob could have hit that a, ball, the Jersey Turnpike. It was I a love, meatball. <laughs> I, I love the revisionist history on one of the greatest memories in Philly sports history of all time. I love this. Is it this revisionist? Is I mean, all history is revisionist, though, right? I mean, that's what history is. It's a study of how we remember the past. Just if, as you much don't as learn, if, if you don't learn it, you're doomed to repeat it. So don't. Right. we should better be learning a lot about Aaron Noah this year. Not. I think he yeah. wanted, what, the rumors were 6180? 6180? 30 yeah. million a year for that guy? No, thanks. I would have paid him that. Two years, 45. Right. He wants to get paid for past performance. I just don't think he's going to deliver on that contract. Right. Do you guys think he would? No. <laughs> Could you give him that money? Let the Cubs pay him that. Yeah. Anyway. I just, I was the. You he, just like seen, tearing down one of the most iconic moments from last year's. Listen, I mean, <laughs> it was a great moment, but I'm just trying to get people to remember what led up to it. Let's remember what led up to the moment. Tim, it's not, you're, you're, I didn't make up Tim, the fact that that was the slowest fastball Strider's thrown as a pro. I think it was like 94 <laughs> miles an hour. The guy Tim, throws like 96, 98. Tim, you've always had this great point. What did the number saying. two hitter for the Houston Astros do in the World Series? Yeah, 10 hits and 23 two? at bats. 10, yeah. 10 for 23. Our guy went, uh, I think, three for 23. Hoskins went. One went in the World Series MVP, one was, didn't. That, that's, that is such an important position in the lineup. I mean, look at who he has behind him, right? He has the hottest hitter in baseball hitting four, Bryce Harper. You got to get on base for the guy. You got to do something. And he wasn't alone, but, you know, this is a guy who wants to get paid. You know, deliver, deliver in this big moment. He didn't, doesn't hit. It didn't matter. He had one, I think his last hit was that home run to make it seven nothing in game three, and we want to you know throw a parade for the guy. People defending Please. Matt Strom in this sixth inning beer take are the same people that defend Reese Hoskins. I'm just gonna say. No, I I know I know there are people who love Reese Hoskins here, and uh, you know he was really one of the few things to worth watching when they stunk. 
You know, remember when he came on the scene, he was a, he's hitting home runs. Like I think he had 18 home runs in 30 games, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still went 500. Awesome. He was awesome. He was great. He was a shot in the arm, but he strikes out too much for my liking in a game where I think when the shift is now gone, you need guys who can make contact uh, consistently. He doesn't make contact consistently enough for me. And he's, he's an, he just is, you can't hide him in the field. He's going to have to be a DH somewhere. I think he might, you know, end up maybe in the American League and he could have a couple productive seasons there. The DH, I just, uh, oh, what am I? DH is a universal now. <laughs> what am I saying? Tim, I just Tim want him Saul. out so badly. I'm trying to export him anywhere else, take him anywhere else. Just, I just, we have too many DH type guys here as it is. Right? Tim watched I mean, him crutch out and get his 2020 uh, or 2023 yeah. NLCS reign. He said, look at that pussy three for 23 in the world series he doesn't deserve a ring i like you're turning into a fox chase dad right before our eyes except you actually have stats well i am a fox chase dad i am that's what i am he literally is a fox chase dad you're the new age fox chase dad you bring stats you bring nuance and you bring argument (laughs) to the table trust me there are plenty of people who would come back and say oh reese had a 800 ops or whatever you know whatever it is the advanced metrics people kill me because just trust what your eyes say sometimes, you know, just watch a game, see what he does game to game, you know, don't get blinded by the big moments. Um, what does he do? You know, you don't need the big home run if the guy's getting on base more frequently. That's what I was saying. <laughs> you know what, though? That's but, true. To Two run fair, runs are worth more than solo home runs. Reese, he was really, really good in that Padre series. I mean, he and, and in the Braves, when he finally hit that home run. After game two, which he cost him game two of the Brave series. Let's face it, he was awful, terrible in the field and at the plate. After that game, until the World Series started, he was awesome. He really was. So I want to just be fair, be fair to the guy. But I mean, hey, I can't ride that roller coaster. I got to get off. I get, na- I get nauseated. A dunk costs the same as a lab, right, Tim? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Um, so I want to go back to your advanced stats for a second. I had uh, I had this thing. Ryan Lawrence did a great piece on the uh, on the Philly scoreboard and how much uh, underutilized it is. Uh, shocker! The Phillies messed up on something after they spent you know close to hundreds of million dollars on it. Um, I don't think anybody. This is uh, what the scoreboard looks like this year. Does anyone in the stadium on Tuesday, for instance, eating dollar dogs, drinking beers? care about Trey Turner's WRC plus or his walk percentage or his K percentage or jazz Chisholm in center field or Solaire and right. Like get me a little fun fact about him. Get me what he did in, in, in the beginning of the, of the game. Is he two for three? I don't know. Is he, you know, did he have a triple? Did he have a double? Like, I, I just don't understand the, the, the use of this beautiful new scoreboard. What even is is that weighted run runs created? Is that what is that what the I, I don't is? know. There's not a bunch of people that work at Fangraphs that are sitting in the the 300 or 400 levels. Like, what is going on with this? Like, I nobody cares about weighted. WCR Plus. That is a dollar dog night. <laughs> I mean, you spent hundreds yeah. and millions of dollars on this beautiful scoreboard, and you don't even utilize it. It looks a little busy to me is what it looks like. You know, um, I, I feel like like on that panel on the left, for example, I feel like I'm a little like it's a lot going on. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know that you don't need the advanced stat line there. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe less is more. I you want to see a cool? Ads, you know, you, know, right? so, you yeah. want to see a cool scoreboard? Yeah. Look at Texas's. Texas is like that's a lot. Don't get me wrong. It's still but a lot, but it's but it's but it's yeah. it's it's the space is utilized beautifully. Everything is bigger in Texas. You got the Phillies lineup. You got the Rangers lineup. You got Edmundo Sosa up to bat. He's batting 667. He's at three at bats. You got the 81 mile an hour slider. You got the pitch count right there. You got Soto's pitch count, and he's not even in right now. Will Smith, the the mound visits you have. Even wait, wait, down hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, we have some breaking news here that we have to uh, uh -oh. share. I confirmed this via Phil E. Fan. He says Josh Harris is buying the Washington Commanders for six billion dollars. Wow. Dan, Dan Snyder. Dan yeah. Snyder was uh, there was supposed to be a sneak, uh, a secret buyer that was uh, they were hoping out for to get it a little bit above six billion. I guess Bezos kind of backed out. I know he said he didn't want to give it to Bezos. Yeah. But there was a secret buyer that supposedly we could have gotten six more billion dollars. So Josh Harris, I actually love I, I hate this move as an Eagles fan. If you're a Commanders fan, you have to love this move. I know everyone's going to be like, well, second round exit, second round exit. Crystal Palace has never won anything. The Devils haven't won anything. But the guy doesn't meddle in decisions, and that's what the Commanders need. He stays out of the yeah, way. He hires people. The Devils, but the Devils and the Sixers, look at how, I mean, the Devils are very good this year. They're, they're young. They're yeah. talented. They kind of had their own process, right? He builds teams very well. I mean, they don't always – they may not have won yet, but he knows how to build – he let it get out of the way. He hires smart people. Let them, you know, build a franchise. And give some time I'm it. pretty sure the NFL does not let owners own other teams in other American um, leagues. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Sixers well, now. I, I, Stan Cranky owns uh, – doesn't Stan so Cranky own – no, Cranky's wife, it's under her. It was sold to I – I read about this the other day. It was sold to somebody else, and then he changed the rules or got approval to then put it in his wife's name. So technically his wife owns it. She's a, a Walmart heir and whatnot. Okay. So is this is this going to go to just – you know, this could go to Blitzer? Okay. If the Pagula is up in Buffalo, they own the Bills and they own the Sabres. So maybe they do the same thing. I think the wife – the wife is uh, kind of the head of the, runs the bills. So maybe the maybe that's how they get around it. But you guys Keep think talking. I can get this story? I can get this story up in the middle of the show. This is going to be a multitasking example here. This is how the sausage is made. But it, doesn't this just show how stupid Dan Snyder is to basically stiff arm Bezos, who has more money than God? And you know he, he probably could have gotten seven billion from Bezos. But he didn't like, you know, Bezos owns the Washington Post. They basically <laughs> ended his tenure with those stories, um, which they were all deserved. Dan Snyder's, Dan Snyder's a garbage person. I mean, he has been, you know, since he owned Six Flags, whatever he did there, to make money. Oh, yeah, um, dude. He, tur he turned Six yeah. Flags into, like, shit. You know, yeah, the, the Washington City paper, I remember, because uh, I, I read Deadspin in college when I was in college years and years ago. Um, they would always like run the Washington city papers um, stuff about uh, Snyder. And I mean, none of it was good. I think they had like an A to Z of how awful he was and had 26 items of <laughs> various you know, things he did or terrible. And this was, you know, 20 years ago or 15 years ago, you know, 
Dude, if you go back to like some of the stuff he did, he charged an extra security fee for after 9-11 for, you know, people being secure in the stadium. He uh, he sold uh, spoiled expired airline peanuts from an airline that went bankrupt. He sold expired Bud Light beer. He also made it impossible for people to park off site and then walk over. So you couldn't you could not walk. It'd be like us going from Broad Street into like where like the Wells Fargo Center starts and they have that big sign. You couldn't walk like under that sign because he said anybody without a car couldn't get into the complex. Like the things this dude did just to squeeze out money. Is yeah, absolutely- I think he was like the first owner. I remember they, he charged for training camp early on. Charged they used to have training camp up in uh, Carlisle, PA. He charged for training camp. One of the first yeah. uh, owners to do that. Um, Here, Here's um. Here's my Stan Kroenke thing I was talking about. Um, so in 2010, Kroenke exercises right of the refusal to purchase the remaining interest in the Rams. On August 25th, he became full owner of the Rams by unanimous consent. To gain approval from NFL owners, Kroenke tr- agreed to turn over control of the Nuggets and Avalanche to his son, Josh, by the end of 2010. And he had to give up his majority stake in both teams in 14. The NFL does not allow its owners to hold majority control of major league teams and other NFL markets. But in 2015, the NFL approved transfer of his ownership stake of the Avalanche and Nuggets to his wife, who is an heir of the Walmart. You know, he should have to do a loyalty test. He should be he should be forced to answer who he thinks the NBA MVP is this year. And if he says Jokic, we should be stripped of his ownership. <laughs> How shitty of a, of a job was his son doing that? I was like, hey, buddy, we got to give it back to to mom. Mom needs to run this shit. <laughs> uh, here's, what, here's what's funny to me. Here, like, here's the real question that I have because all the Josh Harris shit has been, you know, shared before. Like Magic Johnson's on the purchasing yeah. group and whatever. But like, do do six? How much do Sixers fans? Going in with a caveat that Josh Harris is not a very popular owner here to begin with. I mean, people, a lot of people don't like him. Some people, do. it's, it's, it's not like, um, it's not too high or too low. Like he's an outsider. He's a hedge fund guy. He doesn't have a ton of personality yeah. or whatever. But do, but do you, do, do Sixers fans look at Josh Harris purchasing the commies and say, well, fuck this guy. I, I don't, cause I don't, I don't know. I haven't really felt that, I guess, over. Yeah, I I, I think it's just going to be funny when we beat them. Now, if he sells the Sixers, then, yeah, we're definitely going to be like, you know, fuck this guy. We we beat him every time. But I don't know. I don't hate Josh Harris other than the fact that he tried to, like, stop paying people during COVID and Joel Embiid had to step up his own player who's worth, like, 10% of what he's did. But uh, besides that, he's just like every other billionaire in private equity that that we've ever heard of, guy that's just trying to buy things and maximize his returns on them. You know, they're not yeah. the greatest people in the world. So, like, I that's why I've, I've kind of always seen Josh Harris for what he is. But I always kind of appreciated yeah. Josh Harris because he does kind of listen to the fan base. He does hire the guys that, you know, people people forget this, but we wanted Doc Rivers at one point, you know, and uh, he hired him. Daryl Morey went and got him, was cool with the process, um, which is probably so tough to sell to an owner. And then his investment has whatever quintupled since they bought it. I think they bought it for $200 million. Yeah. It's now up to, like, it might be even more now. It might be up to like billions and billions. So, I'm, yeah. I just I'm annoyed that a competent owner is going to own the Washington Commanders. Yeah. I mean they've been like, that's the giant. Part. I mean, um, I think with Dan Snyder out of the way, they're going to they could potentially be very uh, difficult team now, year in and year out. Not just you know every couple of years, or every five years when you know. Tim, do you, do yeah, you think, I think that's do, a, uh, 
like a takeaway point because it's like the the running joke was like, oh, he sucks. He should sell the team, but what they have sucked while he's been running the team, right? So it's, yeah. do we want this or is this? A no, we don't. This is bad for the Eagles. Is there's an adult in the room finally, and now we see an adult in the room with the New York Giants. There are more adults. You know, in this they, room. Needed a, they needed an adult in the room who knew when to get out of the room. You know, like when it was the decision to draft like Dwayne Haskins, like they needed Dwayne Haskins Snyder to shut up and let the football people say we want, you know, whoever they wanted. I forget who they wanted at the time. I always love those retrospectives because the person that they wanted, because you know they're always coming from the disgruntled person, right? The yeah. person they wanted was always the guy who was awesome. They never like say, you know, oh, we wanted um, like nobody's claiming who uh, was the guy we drafted uh, that lineman who was a firefighter. Danny Watkins. Danny yeah, Watkins. Nobody's saying, oh, I really wanted Danny Watkins. I can't believe the Eagles swooped in and took him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but the, the, the Washington didn't want Haskins because he was, you know, the, the Jay Gruden didn't want him because he was a, just a bit of a project at the time. And um, they wanted a, you know, more proven player. And, uh, you know, the owner wanted Haskins and he got him. Uh, I got a story up on the website just now, 200 words in the middle of the show. So there you go. It's not the brag. Some uh, multitasking for it. It's not the greatest story of all time. It's just like, oh, shit, let's get this up on the site. By the way, the six, either one of you guys pay attention to the Sixers political shit about like the Jeff Brown mayoral stuff. (laughs) Man, did anybody tank their their stock worse than Jeff Brown did over the last 48, 72 hours? Holy shit. Sixers aren't building in Chester, huh? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. No, I it's funny because the shit's so deep. I don't know. Like the Inquirer published that thing on, for, like for people who don't know, they published this thing on Monday that Jeff Brown, a mayoral candidate, uh, was accused of an ethics violation for allegedly coordinating with a super PAC uh, that donated to his campaign, I guess. And it was revealed that there was a sports team that donated to the nonprofit that donated to the super PAC that donated to Jeff Brown, which was the Sixers. Um mm-hmm. But I don't I like I, long story short, like there's money coming in from everywhere. They donate into these like nonprofits. Typically, the money's spread out about a bunch of different uses, different candidates, different public initiatives like getting out the vote or registering people or getting absentee ballots, that shit like that. You know, so I don't I, I my guess is that the Sixers did nothing like sinister here. It wasn't they were trying to like secretly bankroll some dude and trying to buy the the mayor's race. But I think it just looks bad because it's like. It's hard to trade. Here's what I want to know from people running for mayors. What's your plan for downtown? Like I, I, it's very easy for people running for office to say, here are the problems now. Here's how I'm going to fix them. What's your vision for 10, 20 years down the line when you're out of office, right? What's downtown look like? What's the future of work going to look like? Are there going to be people who actually – come into the into town to work five days a week, I would say that's probably not going to happen. Um, you know, is the best use of that space, the fashion district, the mall? I think maybe in the 1980s, I'd say, yeah. But, you know, in 2040, I don't think so. Um, so, like, what's the plan? Like, if it's not the downtown arena, um, which is fine, I'm open-minded, but we're going to need to do something. And we have to reimagine what Philadelphia is going to be. Um, I, don't, I just don't see a lot of candidates um, who have the ability because it's hard. I mean, it's hard to have this vision, but, um, you know, what's your vision going to be? Just tell me, yeah. you know, um, what is it? I think it's the hardest thing. I think the hardest thing is like 
people, I, I, and especially from the small, the small clips that I've seen from uh, any Merrill debates or anybody who's had uh, <laughs> anybody <laughs> who's had uh, get him out of the Phillies organization. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> Philly fan just said I heard Reese Hoskins is running for mayor, so he has all three of our votes. Even well, yes. Kev, I'll write I'll write your name in for the ballot. I'll get you a ballot, even though you're uh, out in the, out in the suburbs now. Um, yeah, who's yeah, yeah, the Boyertown Town commissioner, commissioner uh, by the way? The Boyertown Commissioner. I, I don't know. I was in Douglas Township with two S's, so I didn't mm-hmm. even know where the fuck the municipal building was until like a couple years ago so um yeah i don't know i'm sorry sorry, i didn't mean no you're fine no i just i i from what i've seen from what i've read i just don't see a vision right now from any of these people i've I've, no ones that's been like hey listen this is what we need to do this is how we need to fix it because everyone just thinks like right now like crime sucks right now theft sucks right now robbery sucks uh crime you know like i just said sucks like the whole downtown is being underutilized and everything but no one's like this is what my five-step plan is to fix it one guy's running on like potholes another guy's running on trash someone's running on you know, we have Mayor Street and uh, and Nutter doing a doing a commercial together with Rebecca Reinhardt. Supposedly yeah, yeah, yeah. that was made that might have actually been filmed. I hear there are some uh, sources out there that that was filmed digitally, and those guys were not in the same room together because they don't I like each other. Surprised because they yeah. um, do not like. It. I mean, John Street hates Michael Nutter, and I'm sure that feelings mutual. Yeah, yeah John no, Street I mean, was a terrible mayor. It's uh, like I, I actually would, I actually would like rather John Street not endorse me. Like, yeah. hey, can I, can I not get the uh, John Street endorsement? I think we should just let Tim come on every show and just kind of like ramble on about whatever topic he wants to <laughs> ramble on, and then he pan down and he's got a couple Bud Lights. He's got a couple of the woke Bud Lights below <laughs> yeah, the camera. Yeah, with, uh, I have a copy of the Great Gatsby here. Okay, so Ooh. not exactly what I was thinking of. But, yeah. A couple of the I woke mean, like, Bud Lights with Dylan Mulvaney's face on. A, like, do you like Reinhardt? I kind of, I do like Reinhardt, and that he knows where the money is. Wait, wait, wait. Let's get it back. Hang on. Let's get it back. Let's get it back to like the Sixers Arena angle. Isn't that a fucking political show? Like, what are we doing? What are we talking about? Like a crossing broadcast. Just I think endorsed Rebecca Reinhardt. Well, I, the, the the reason why I brought it up though is because it is kind of entwined. You know, um, who the mayor is going to be? I think you're going to need somebody who can really push that project forward. Um, now you guys remember Rendell, like when the Phillies were looking to build downtown, it was towards the end of his second term. And he really like, you know, took that one by the reins. I think you're going to need a partner in City Hall to really sell that project uh, and get all the various community stakeholders on board. Right? Yeah, it was Going Jeff to- Brown. <laughs> what do you guys think, though? Like, um, here's well, the yeah. thing. Here's 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 what I here's what I, I I'm I don't have anything to prove this, but I'm like 100 percent sure of it. All of these candidates are in the bag for the arena, but they they won't say it. Uh, the only one who will be genuinely opposed is Helen Gim because she has connections to Chinatown and she lobbied against the Phillies attempt to put an arena down there 20 years ago. Her daughter has participated in anti-arena protests. A- Helen Gim is an Asian woman. Right. So the Chinatown angle of that is like huge for her. It benefits her. She has much more to lose by coming out to support the arena. But that's why whenever they're asked these questions at these debates or these forums or whatever, they're like, oh, I don't know. You know, they do the political waffling because they know that one billion dollars of private investment that creates jobs. You like a mayor cannot outright come out and say, no, we don't want that, especially in a city that's struggling and needs a shot in the arm in any way, shape or form. Somebody's going to come in from the outside and put one point three billion dollars of private funds into like a main corridor 
in center city like they're of course they're not going to come out and say they're against it you know secretly they're probably going to try to get through the election and then get get elected then come back around and say you know ultimately i think this is good for the city they're not going to fucking say it now because they're politicians you know so yeah no i mean 100 when the only one who came out and said he wanted it was we well, gave it a positive shot in the arm was jeff brown and yeah well, but i think i think that everybody i think that most i think the majority of them feel the same way as he does right. but they're just not gonna come out and the sixers meet with all these people i'm sorry the sixers meet with all these candidates right they go over the plans and they say this is what we think we're gonna do it's not like there's some like they've had they've had meetings with these people so it's not like there's some like uh you know invisible wall here se- separating all that you know so i just like that jim kenny's been his leadership's just been exceptional during this whole uh, yeah, yeah yeah just oh he's always there when you need him <laughs> you know Call me crazy, but the most unifying thing we have in Philadelphia right now is everybody's hate for Jim Kenney. Like that, like every like Democrat, Republican, Independent, like you're like I hate Jim Kenney. You're like I fucking hate Jim Kenney too. And then you just all you cheers and you drink to it. I I want to know who is who is for and who is not for the eighth inning last call, and that's who will get my vote. That should be what they ask at the next at the next forum. Yeah, who's got it? Does Eyewitness News have it? Or I mean, uh, CBS, CBS Philly News? Do they? Are, are, Fox 29 like, have the last one. Do they do like a red carpet for these things? Because I would love to get on the media docket and just like ask these guys like the questions that people actually care about. Screw the no, there's no there's crack. no red there's no red carpet for a Philadelphia mayoral. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You can go in the crowd. You can get in the crowd if you wanted to and like yell from the crowd. You know, with uh, yeah, Kyle. Uh, I don't think I think if a PR person let you within a hundred yards of a candidate, they'd probably be fired. <laughs> I'd be like Dinero on Blanc. That would make you go to the other side of the street. Kate would send you to the other side of the street and say, "You got to go over there." That's true. That's true. Damn. Well, well, I'll I'll, maybe a disguise. Um, Yeah, just wear the wear the glasses that have like the fake nose or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Mark's. uh, That's the the Harpo Marks class. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's going off the rails today. No, it's nice having Tim on. We got to get Tim on again. He he has the kind of like disgruntled just rambling like philly's uncle wip uncle kind of vibe that he brings to the show and i think that's something that's been the smartest yeah the smartest person in the entire crossing broad crew by by far yeah not even close yeah. the smartest guy, guy in fox Saint thank you Tim. Guy. Yeah. nice guys i appreciate you having me on let me go back and be a dad here all right all right man we'll talk to you thanks to craig for nothing uh kev thanks to him thanks to thank tim you. thanks to the commenters we will talk to you on tuesday <laughs>